Hello everybody, my name is Ray. Welcome to the Evangelical Dark Web. Today we're going to be talking about Matt Walsh and his false gospel. And this is something that I brought up last week when talking about the Daily Wire personalities and how none of like their main personalities that I know of are Christian or I know of and it's that they're not Christian. Like Andrew Clavin supports sodomy. Uh, Candace Owens has rejected the bodily resurrection and doesn't really have a credible profession of faith otherwise, if you look at her journey here, uh, she's been claiming to be a Christian for a long time. And then we also have Matt Walsh. And we're going to be talking about Matt Walsh and his views of salvation, and basically what Matt Walsh believes is moral relativism. And it's not wrong for the reasons why Catholics are wrong, although you could make a connection between what Matt Walsh believes and Vatican II, but I think this goes beyond Vatican II. I think this is apart from the teachings of the Catholic Church, and I think this is he because he appeals to sources that are not related to the Catholic Church. So this really doesn't have much to do with the Protestant-Catholic debate, and for me to do a video on Matt Walsh's false gospel and only rely on the Catholic uh, debate would kind of be lazy. This is on Matt Walsh specifically in his views, which are more reflective of Fletcher's uh, moral relativism. So that's what we're going to be talking about in today's video. But first, I want to let you know, Evangelical Dark Web is a Christian news gathering and commentary ministry. You can support us over at evangelicaldarkweb.org slash join. Linked in the description below. But the least you can do is like this video, subscribe to the channel, to the podcast if you're a listener, if you are new. So with that said, we're going to flip on over to Matt Walsh's interview with Ali Stuckey. And this is from four years ago. I remember this interview at the time. And thus, I was making a reference to it last week when talking about the Daily Wire and Candace Owens and Ben Shapiro. And basically, you know, you got to get down to Megan Basham to find like a a high-level Christian over there. And, I, you know, Jeremy Boring's pretty cringe as well, uh, supporting gay flags on The Chosen and stuff. So, anyway, uh, Matt Walsh is who we're talking about today. This is from four years ago. It's an interview that he did with Ali Stuckey over at Blaze TV. And this interview stuck with me for this reason, and now we're finally going to talk about it here on the channel. Um, the ultimate, most simple answer is that you end up in hell by rejecting God. Um, that's the, you know, that's sort of like the one sentence answer, right? That I think everybody would basically give. Uh, then the follow up question is, well, what does that entail? Um, and is it possible for someone now we know that Jesus says, uh, you know, no one gets to the father, but through me. So that's very clear. The question is, is it possible for someone to get to the Father through Christ without being consciously aware that that's what they're doing. Another way of phrasing that is, can, can Jesus allow someone to the Father through him, even if that person wasn't consciously aware of it? And, uh, and I would say, certainly in some cases, I absolutely believe that is the case, going back to you know, babies who die. You know, they, they obviously couldn't have had conscious faith. Do I think that God sends every single baby to hell? Absolutely not. I don't believe in a God that sends baby to be, babies to be tortured for all eternity. Um, so if we're willing to, allow for that or, or consider that possibility, then it opens it up to other things. You know, what about someone who 
never really had the gospel preached to them and, and, and what so really wasn't aware of it. What about them? And, you know, so you start looking at all these hypotheticals. The overall answer is I don't know exactly, yeah. right, who, yeah. who goes and who doesn't. Um, but I do know that God is all powerful and he's all merciful. And that means something. Um, and I don't think that anyone goes to hell on a technicality uh, that I'm that I'm pretty sure of. Yeah. So. So that's the first clip that I want to show you. And that's kind of his opening remarks. This is the opening section on this debate that they're having on the issue of uh, salvation, particularly for those who have no profession of Christ. And the thing about babies is, you know, and the Catholic Church recognized that infanticide was wrong and that it was a high crime because it would ultimately be sending babies to hell. And that's a Catholic church teaching that Protestants also pretty much agree with. Uh, I do not think there's a strong biblical case for the children of unbelievers going to heaven. Uh, you can make a case from scripture of babies of believers going to heaven. I don't think you can really extend that case beyond um, those who are believers. And that's important when we look at the issue of infanticide historically, both historically and in our present day. Why be, you know, pro-life if those babies automatically go to heaven? Otherwise, they might live and not go. Like, you know, the logic, if applied, would make an issue irrelevant and off the table for us. So, obviously, we know that it's wrong and there's eternal consequences in some ways for why it's wrong. So uh, Matt Walsh is, you know, uh, to me, I think he's uncomfortable handling these tough topics because he doesn't want to stand firm on what the Bible says. And he's not necessarily going to what the Catholic Church says either on this. I think that we I think that we mostly agree. I think so. Obviously, if we agree that it's only so the second clip that I want to show is about 10 minutes later, because. I linked this to someone who was like, you know, where's your receipts on Matt Walsh? And like, I'm not listening to a long form podcast, like as though this wasn't majority of the podcast is spent on this topic. Uh, you, you got to like the first 18 minutes, which weren't. So uh, this is going to be about the 30 minute mark. With your way of looking at it, there are also some really, really difficult questions like, uh, you know, here's an example I gave a few days ago. Just, you know, I don't mean to make this an emotional argument, but just he one does. example okay, of, of sacrificial love of someone who's not a Christian and who almost certainly knew about Christianity but rejected it consciously. I read a story about a woman at Auschwitz, okay, uh, a Jewish mother who, whose children were being sent to the gas chambers, and she was going to be sent to a labor camp so that, you know, because she, she was healthy and young and she could have survived. She chose to go to the gas chamber with her children so that she could comfort them in those their, their final moments of life. It wasn't suicide. She just wanted... It, 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 their, you know, being there to, 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 to give them comfort in those moments meant so much to her that she would give up the rest of her life just for those moments. Now, that is pure sacrificial love. Uh, I mean, it, it, maternal love. That is the realest thing in that woman's life. And so are we willing to say for sure that that woman who gave up her life for her children was then sent to hell for all eternity, along with all the other Jews in the Holocaust, by the way? Um, and that the Nazis who killed them, if those Nazis, some of them were Christian, some of them really were Christian, so there were, there were, we're dealing with a scenario where almost all the Jewish Jews who died in the Holocaust went to hell, while a lot of the Nazis went to heaven. Now, I, I'm, I just can't sign on to being certain of that being the case. And I think that it's right. very, very possible that that's not the case. Okay, here's what I... 
So, again, this is Matt Walsh arguing that someone who consciously rejected Jesus, like, even the person that believes that salvation is a choice, um, someone who consciously believes that someone who rejects Jesus can still go to heaven through an act of self-sacrificial love. This, again, is going back to that situational ethics mentality where, you know, love is the highest order and therefore this is the way to heaven. And this is what you should do in every situation, as though you can quantify love, as though you can really exercise perfect love, as God can exercise perfect love. It doesn't make sense. It's works-based salvation, because that is what he's articulating here. It's not, you know, faith without works is dead type of salvation. It's you can do something self-sacrificially and earn your spot in heaven. And this whole argument, and I'm not going to show all these clips because I'm, I'm trying to be concise and it's a long form discussion, but he's appealing to C.S. Lewis saying that, you know, love cannot exist in hell. And he makes a point about, you know, what is there a spiritual lobotomy for all these people who have genuine love in their lives? Do they just end up in hell and then they get a spiritual lobotomy? And Ali Stuckey points out, well, that's kind of how it works in heaven, too, because we get original sin removed from us. So nice buns, soft, fluffy and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O C-O. Matt Walsh struggles with the concept of common grace or, you know, God's providence. He struggles with the idea that, you know, God causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust alike, that God allows people, even, you know, degenerates and pagans to not be utterly depraved. They are totally depraved, but they're not utterly depraved is a distinction that is made. So God allows evil people to still do good things. And the Bible clearly says that we're all evil and that God rescues us anyway. So Matt Walsh struggles with this concept because I think he's trying to be a little too sophist in his rationalization of faith. So that is kind of my takeaway. And then he goes to the ultimate Holocaust example because what better way to appeal to emotions than to make someone argue that everyone who died in the Holocaust probably went to hell um, that because they rejected Jesus or didn't have Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Now, again, some people were interned as Christians uh, during the Holocaust. But, you know, if we're just talking about, you know, the six million number. Uh, yeah, if they don't have Jesus, they don't have salvation. And that's case closed. Like, it doesn't matter what self-sacrificial acts they did. Uh, the Bible's clear. And I don't, and he's trying to massage God. And ultimately, I think this is an imputation on God's character. But, uh, and that's the most important thing here for Matt Walsh. He's imputing God's character. Because if God, you know, say, 
sent babies to hell, then he would be unjust. And I've heard him make that argument elsewhere. I believe it was on uh, Ben Shap- an interview with Ben Shapiro. Uh, but he's, he's made that type of argument before. So this is a closing argument is what we're going to move to. I'll, I'll make on this is um, when I was having this argument a few, you know, over the last couple of weeks, one thing people brought up to me to try to disprove my argument, which I actually thought, which I actually think lends a credence is, um, is the parable of Lazarus that Jesus gives, you know, of, of, uh, of the rich man going to hell and, and Lazarus going to heaven. And I guess the point people were trying to make is, well, it seemed like that rich guy had some love in his heart because he was concerned about his, his brothers. And he said, hey, can you, can you send someone to warn my brothers so they don't end up here? And uh, he was told basically, no, you're, you're SOL on that one, just paraphrasing. Um, yeah. But what, what is it in that parable that sent the rich man to hell? It, 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 we were not told anything about his faith or his religion or anything. There was, there was nothing about that. He went to hell, in, in Jesus' telling, um, because he had no love for his fellow man, and because he didn't, he, he was Lazarus was there starving, and he never never helped him. And uh, that's why Jesus said he went to hell. He, he didn't say it's because he didn't believe in me or he didn't have faith or he was an atheist. Uh, he went to hell because he didn't have love for his fellow man. And I think when you Jesus, as you know, talks about hell quite a bit, um, sort of the startling transition from the Old to New Testament, where in the Old Testament it's not really talked about at all. And when you find him describing hell and the people who end up there. Um, it seems like it's always people who didn't have love for their fellow man and, and, and who, who, who didn't, uh, didn't help when it was needed and, and, and all of that. that. That seems like that's what Jesus describes. And I would say that's probably... I, I... So Richman and Lazarus, it's a pretty interesting example that I don't think proves the uh, case that Matt Walsh is trying to make. I think it actually, again, it disproves his case because that's not why the rich man went to hell. I don't have the overlay of it. But let's just read uh, Luke 16, uh, 19 through 31. Uh, there was a rich man who dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At the gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus covered in sores. This is from the, uh, make sure this is from the Nazib. Um, covered in sores. Um, and longing to be fed with the crumbs which were falling from the rich man's table beside Besides, even the dogs were coming to and licking his sores. Now the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, he lifted up his eyes in torment and saw Abraham far away and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus so that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool off my tongue for I am in agony in this flame. But Abraham said, child, remember that during your life, you received your good things. And likewise, Lazarus is bad, bad things. But now he is being comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this is all this between us and you, there is a great chasm fixed so that those who wish to come over from here to you will not be able and that none may cross over from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, uh, that you send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers in order that he may warn them so that they may not also come to this same place of torment. So that's the part that Matt Walsh is talking about with the love. But I think he gets owned here because of the next line is, They have Moses and the prophets, 
But Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. But he said, no, father Abraham. But if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to them, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded even the dead, even as someone rises from the dead. So the lessons from that soteriologically are that if you don't believe the Bible, you're not going to believe in Jesus. If you don't, if you didn't believe the Bible back then, you weren't going to believe the Bible you know, when Jesus comes to reveal himself. If you reject, um, you know, the scriptures, if you reject Jesus, because Jesus was the dead man that came back to life to preach the good news of salvation. If you reject Jesus, there's no convincing you because God ultimately is responsible for people coming to faith, to people being regenerate. God's the one who initiates that. And God has complete control over people's salvation. Yeah, again, I'm more Calvinist reform here. So understand my views. And this passage speaks to that. It, you know, God is ultimately who causes people to um, repent, regardless of how much information that they have or do not have. And the argument that people can receive apart from uh, consciously knowing Jesus, I don't think holds water for anything other than the dead babies children of believers. I, I don't think it holds water for anything other than that. So, because at the end of the day, we can't go beyond scripture with these assumptions. And if that means, hey, there's a 6 million number that went to hell or all of the Native Americans, you know, prior to colonization went to hell, that's the logical conclusion. I don't think we can really run from that because... We don't really need to. I mean, the person who wants to say that that's unjust is actually making a claim against God. They're imputing God's character. They're not, you know, really messing, you know, we're not really uh, debating the same things here. They're having an argument with God, not with us. So that's really all I got to say about that because God did not have to save anyone and he would still be just. But God, out of his mercy and abundance, abundant loving kindness, chose to save some of us, and even many of us. And for that, we should be thankful this Thanksgiving week. Have a blessed day. We will catch you on the next one.